For the editor, my three, two, one are great. My mark is not so great. Okay, got it. <laughs> well, here's to you, dear listeners, and here is a Patriot Club podcast. It's still Halloween, still spooky. At least I'm feeling very spooky in my home. How's everybody else doing tonight? I'm, I'm giggling still because <laughs> Alessio's countdown was looking directly into the camera, and I felt like he was staring into my soul a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> And it gave He's me- like looking at me, Warren, don't fuck this up. <laughs> Five, four, you know how to do this. Anyway, I hope my countdown is solid. Look into my eyes. Mm-hmm. So how you doing, Tori? I'm, gr- I'm great. Uh, starting this off right with the giggles. Thanks for that, Alessio. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> What's up, Chris? How are you doing, Chris? You know, we're happy to be here. And I'm happy to have a real spooky story that's been in my family for a while. Nice. Here with y'all. We're going to be cursed when we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. Hopefully. And then, of course, we have our, I mean, guest seems odd because it's Alessio, hey, right? I can't hey. say you're a guest. You're you're here, right? I don't know. It just seems like you can sort of tell us, hey, I want to come on an episode. <laughs> and be like, yeah, of course. Come on over. Like You get to rummage uh, so hi, through our fridge, Alessio. That's the privilege yeah. that you have. Oh, perfect. Yeah, the couch is always open for you, whatever you need. I was, so uh, what's up, man? I was walking the dogs before the recording, and it dawned on me that I think outside of like, Oops, this episode's coming out late or or outside of like weirdo cameos making fun of Warren <laughs> on <laughs> on one episode a million years ago. I feel like this is the first time I've actually been on like a a main feed episode of some sort. So this is cool. You guys brought me back. Yeah, of course. Back from the dead. That was, it was weird. That was the plan the whole time. They pulled out a Ouija <laughs> yes. board and Ghost Dad appeared. <laughs> yes. However, we're not allowed to have a Ouija board in my house. Yeah, we don't play I with toys. I, I was not allowed e- oh, either. It's not my a toy. wife would kill me if I brought, even if I bought like a like a pillowcase that has like the picture of it. She would be like, get, she would probably burn it in our home. Like she is not happy about that stuff at all. She loves getting scared and haunted, but no Ouija board. Well, there's just no reason to open yourself up to shit like that, so... I love that you just said your wife loves to get haunted. Oh, by the way, oh, dude, you don't, you don't. So, okay, uh, in our home, we don't get scared. It's, it's. I want to get haunted. Like it's haunted. Like that is, that is our life. Hashtag haunted. Like we are about getting haunted. We don't get scared. That is, that's amazing. Yeah, I that's love our, that that's so our, much. that's our tradition, a hundred percent. Yeah, like anytime she'll post or we post or do anything, it's always getting haunted. You know what I miss the most right now because of COVID. Go ahead. And this and this reminded me of it. Uh, going to see scary movies at a movie theater. Yes. Oh, in a in a in a mall. Oh. Like just mall children, just like the rowdiest no, crowd. Like no, I didn't expect dude, it's, that. It's so good. That's a true 2020 horror story right there. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I love it. Snotty, I love it. Snotty kids running all over, getting their germs. And dude, everything. it 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 wasn't even a horror movie. I saw Star Wars. I want to say it was Last Jedi. I saw it opening night in a movie theater. Everybody was dead quiet, treating it like sacred religious like real, text yeah. <laughs> and then the second time i saw it the next day was in a was in a mall and i would pay a season pass to go to a mall movie theater oh. every time 
Uh, I That's can't crazy. say I agree with you on that one. Like you had me just yeah. up until the in a mall. I've part. had some. I've had the some commentary very, is phenomenal. I've had some very bad experiences as far as just like what like why are you actually spending money to be here in a theater it's like I, at that point it's like what did you spend a hundred dollars between the five of you with popcorn and the fucking three musketeers that got thrown across the thing and you're stepping on why are right, you right. here why are you here like you could have yeah. gotten a great family dinner you could have done anything and you're clearly not watching the movie that we're all here to see uh, I right. can't. I can't agree with you on that. <laughs> I would. Honest. I would. I would never. I would never a first viewing, but definitely a second viewing plus. It just becomes super goofy. Like yeah. I don't know. Or like specifically, like I, I've got a vivid memory of going to see Paranormal Activity one. Yes. With a with a group of co- like it was a, like nothing but like a college kids night. Sure. And sweet Jesus, <laughs> it was the funniest shit I've ever sure. seen in my life. That's the kind but of movie yeah. I've I would had, see for the commentary. Yeah, I've had many a movie where I like sneak in like a large amount of liquor to share amongst a large group of people. Whoa. Oh, yeah. And just get shit faced while watching like a scary movie. Absolutely. I say so, a common thing in my 20s. Absolutely. I don't know if I've told you guys this or not. So my very first job ever was at a movie theater. Oh no! So Which I is like that. the like is the best job for somebody who likes the shit that I like, I guess. <laughs> um, but so my first job ever was at a movie theater, and the the when I worked there, Saw three, and then a film called Facing Giants. If anybody mm-hmm. if anybody spent time in the South in the early two thousands, uh, they will be familiar with it. Um, but both both of those movies were open at the same time, and I just need you guys to know that like the hyper super religious like blue jean methodist crowd going to see facing giants horrible (laughs) human beings the people bringing their three-year-olds to see saw three kindest people i've ever talked to in my entire (laughs) life (laughs) but we found an entire keg in saw three one time and i don't mean like the little heineken mini keg i mean like a whole i'm so jealous i wasn't even mad so jealous i was just i (laughs) was impressed i was like how'd you bring this very impressive And how'd you oh, tap it with amazing. nobody knowing? Yeah, I was like, this is this is insane. That's kind oh, of I think a people knew. Event, they just right? were kind of. They bet you they just gave them away. Like, hey man, shh, keep it quiet. Yeah, yeah. You want one? Like, <laughs> well, you, you can have some. Yeah, I was gonna say if no I hear way. that, if I hear that in the movie, I'm gonna be like, I'm getting, I'm getting some of that, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're talking scary stories. ideally um uh we sort of posed it to our little group here and we could have personal stories we could have personal stories for ourselves maybe a family story maybe something from where you're from uh how much are we bringing to the table tonight guys so does anybody have like a holy crap i have like a bucket i got just I got one quickie pick out one tell. medium and then one somewhat mm. uh None of these are above 10 minutes, so I'd say there's like a two-minute, a five-minute, and a 10-minute. Okay. Perfect. I have similar in that regard. <laughs> Chris is like, like, I have a 45-minute like like epic. Like a meaty one, like a juicy like cut. 
Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I've already, I've already told it. I'm do we have, releasing it. Do we have <laughs> ten hours? This is like a Homeric thing, you know? Yeah. No, it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a. We have to watch uh, the paint dry. Yeah, I would say maybe a ten minute story, and you know, if we need some more, I could probably pull out. Cool. How about you, Tori? You have like a bunch from your history? No. Growing up? No, no, not really. I have one interesting one from a town I I just lived in before where I live now. But before they all uh, died in the in the story that she's gonna tell. <laughs> yeah, the whole town just went asunder. <laughs> Stay tuned. S- something called COVID. <laughs> Everybody's story is Never. just and then they died of COVID. Uh, never heard of it and that's never. why you wear a mask <laughs> and the mask was attached to a hook oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all right i guess here I'll, I'll just start and we'll go i'm gonna go round table based on our visual feature so i'll go first and then probably just because i'm going in the sort of be tori chris and then alessio because that's the order i have on my screen if that works for everyone sure um So what I'm going to do is I'll start with the story that, so, okay, I think we should preface this as far as, so personally, I am, I don't know if I believe in ghosts. I don't know if I believe in that stuff per se. Um, uh, I was always like the repairman until I do the job I do now. So I was always the guy that someone said they hear a leak or they, they hear a noise or something. And I was the guy that found it and solved it. So I started getting like a very specific mind. Uh, around like, oh, I'll just, I know what the sign, like, I'm not scared to figure out what the problem is. Um, But I will definitely be empathetic towards if someone was with me, per se, and they saw something or think they saw something or felt something, and I can visibly see that they are changed by that, I absolutely agree with them. Like, I won't be like, you're making this up to get me got kind of a thing. So I don't know how it works. This is a very elaborate way to say (laughs) I have a friend who... Was impacted oh, by no, the no. story, so it's but not, not even a friend me. Because again, I was there. I was there for a lot of stories. If I brought up a bunch, but honestly, I was always the one. Like I, I would say that I was scared myself, but I was scared because I thought it was another person coming after us, not a ghost. Let's put it that way. Something like that. Um, however, gotcha. um, my quick one will be: if anybody wants to search um, the Eastern State Penitentiary, so that is like a very big. This sounds familiar. Sort of horror attraction now, but it was a literal penitentiary and it was abandoned for years in Philadelphia. So pretty popular, like sort of not world reliant, but, you know, big in the U.S. If you want to look at like top 20 horror stuff like ESP certainly shows up a lot. There is a there is a it came up pretty quick. Like I literally typed in Eastern yeah. STA. So there is a relatively good story from a security guard because they still had security running pretty much around the clock because the. It's very high walls, so if someone were to try to break in, you could get stuck in there, and if they're not paying attention, like, you can't get out, literally. Uh, And there was a pretty good ghost story about the guard that went in, he was walking the normal halls, he checks, and he got to the, uh, sort of like the the crazy wing where they basically take you to the kill box, and he thought he heard noises, he was hearing scuffling, and he believes it to this day. So, told the story, made it public, and it, like, became a big deal. What I didn't realize is that in that time frame, I was part of those asshole kids that broke into the Eastern State Penitentiary <laughs> to like fuck with shit. And I was probably that group of kids that he heard thinking that no one was in there and thinks there's a ghost. 
but it was definitely me and like four or five of my friends getting drunk uh because we like brought like because they're high ass walls <laughs> so we brought like fucking climbing hooks and everything to break into there like we went like we were we were bad i was oh a bad my kid God. let's put it that way um but can we talk oh, about dude, the can we talk about the design of this penitentiary because awesome, it is crazy and i gotta say as far as like a horror attraction like now it is really cool like i love esp like it's a great time and it's only like I want to say it's like four miles from my house, um, and it's it was yeah it was even cl- closer crazy than looking. when I grew up. Um, but yeah, like the just the crazy like like those ceilings are like forty feet high, like multiple floors of like when you think of a a jail in like the movies and stuff like this is a great sort of on set kind of look to it, and it's just it's really cool. Yeah, it looks like a big. It almost looks like a like a Metal Gear. Like a like a final boss dungeon, like it's got like six giant like rows that like into a big box, and it's just giant twenty five foot walls with barbed wire and locked fences. But it's cool as shit, and now it's just a horror attraction. But late late, yeah, it's like a nine point star in a square. Um, But as far as like like. in the nineties and like early two thousands, it was basically like you could get in a shit ton of trouble if you got caught getting in there. And I definitely had like either someone had it saved in like a a text message or something. And when the guard was telling his story, I was like, fuck, I was definitely there that night. So it may it may have been me and my (laughs) friends being this guy because I mean, his story is totally believable. And we were trying to be quiet because we're trying to fucking hide from the security guard. So he's never going to find us. He's just going to hear scuffles and and noises. And I was like, fuck, man, we totally ruined that guy's night. So that'll be my, that's my little my little quickie. But that's it just I make sure I want to bring up ESP because I do think that as far as like famous horror attractions and 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 places that would be like I want to say like a once a week there's a ghost hunter at the ESP trying to find something year round. Like every week there's a new set of ghost hunters that are doing something there. Phantasmagoria. This make a level yeah. in, or uh, Phantasmophobia. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I was I gonna think, say you know what? I, I, I think it got like, really big because it was on MTV's Fear. If you remember that show, I think it was called Fear, where they that was like where the first face cams oh, sort of right, showed right. up, where they like do the harness on the shoulders and put the cam right in their face. That was definitely one of the episodes. Yeah, it's uh, oh my god, why is that escaping my brain right now? That is called a oh Jesus Christ! It's not a my brain's wanting to say sweary cam. What the hell is that called? Anyway, um, do you guys want to do like one story yeah, per? I think, I think that's and circle enough. around again and then yeah. pick it back up. A snorry. Oh, can. snorry! It's a snorry. Snorry, Tori. What's what up? Describing. I don't appreciate that transition. <laughs> <laughs> so smooth, so smooth. Yikes! Oh, great. oh man. All right. <laughs> I'll try not to bore you with my story. That's all right. Do it up. <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's a I'm t-shirt. Sorry. No, it certainly is not. I can tell oh. you as the team's merch person. <laughs> uh, in any case, and uh, and this, the town I used to live in, uh, there is a place called Haskell Indian Nations, and it's a uh, today it's one of thirty-two federally recognized tribal colleges in the country. So, like, cool. you have to be a quarter native. Uh, in order to to grant to be granted tuition and f- like financial aid to go there, right? Cool. Um, but when it started oh, out yeah, in yeah. the like right around the beginning of the 19th century, 
it was unfortunately an assimilation, uh, excuse me, an assimilation school for Native Americans uh, where they were, Mm. I think, pretty forcibly made to go and work farms and learn American culture. And uh, they'd be kept there for up to 10 year periods without being able to go home and see family. I'm talking overworked, underfed, um, you know, worked until they were sick, often with pneumonia and tuberculosis. Right. So uh, at this at this college on campus, there's also a mass children's grave with mostly mostly unmarked headstones. Oh, my. This is you're just going to it's going to keep getting worse the longer that you tell this, isn't it? Wow. It's I know uh, it's it's intense, but bear with me. What did you say, Chris? I'm sorry. It's so heavy. Oh it is. God. It is. But just let me just get through this part. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> the worst of it. I swear. So yeah, okay. it's uh, the the mostly unmarked headstones. I I believe, from what I've heard, are from children who died of smallpox uh, in the sick children's infirmary there on campus. Um, however, most people who attend or take up residence on campus believe that there are more bodies in the surrounding areas, which uh, just, oh, I don't know which direction, but just like on neighboring property uh, is the wetlands, which is a whole other story in and of itself. But a lot of people believe that that's where more bodies are buried. So that's cool. Just a little extra tidbit. Um, They don't want any paranormal investigators coming in out of you know a deep respect for the dead and the spirits and souls that move on after after they leave the bodies um however they were for a little while giving tours obviously before COVID times right um and there are some there are some stories to be told um i'm not going to tell them here probably just because they're they're mostly uh, sounds of crying here, apparitions there, door slamming, you know what I mean? Uh, but there was, there was one thing I found kind of interesting. There's one story told where, uh, a couple buddies were hanging out and apparently smoking a joint too close to the, the children's cemetery, uh, because one of them reported like a really bony finger jabbing into their rib cage after they had just gotten done smoking, which I thought was, Ooh. Uh, interesting. You can imagine that was the Lord telling you to put that <laughs> lefty Lucy away. <laughs> put, put away that devil's lettuce, right? Well, I mean, and after you know the paranoia that will probably set in after finishing that J. Uh, I don't know what you mean. I have never <laughs> ever. Oh my god, I'm textbook example of like. I hope you don't have a bad high. It's like you. So it's just a picture of my fucking dumbass face for bad high. <laughs> like it's always me. I'm the fucking worst. I just stay well, away from it now. I, just I was gonna say if, if you decide to partake, just don't be visiting any cemeteries. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, that's exclusively where I smoke. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, I live on a cemetery. You live life on the edge, Alessio. <laughs> Really? Um, so I have visited this children's grave and it's not, there's nothing like spectacular that happened, nothing that I saw or heard. It's more about how I felt when I was there. And I'll preface this the same way, kind of the same way that Warren did, uh, by saying that I'm not, I'm not sure I wholeheartedly believe in ghosts, but I tend to trust my own feelings and what I am experiencing and there's certainly an energy there that was undeniable 
You know what I mean? It was, it was like a heavy sinking feeling in my chest and my legs wanted to give out. And I don't know, we didn't stay there long. We just kind of had our moment in the, the eerie, quiet night that is visiting a cemetery for some reason. Uh, and the, the weird part of that evening started when we got home from it. Um, I don't know if you guys have any experiences like this where your animals are more telling than anything, but my dog at the time was just very, very, uh, different and active in a very different way. And, uh, my, my wife really likes to play up stuff like that. So she was like, Oh yeah, Zena's talking to the ghosts. The little ghosts followed us home. They're children. Then they want to play. They like to see a dog around and you know, we just, we just kind of spooked ourselves out with that mostly joking. But, uh, then we tried to go to bed and I, listen, I sometimes have sleeping problems, but I've never had a restless night like this where I just would go to sleep and then wake up 10 minutes later and then try oh to go God. back to sleep again and wake up half an hour later. Like I got absolutely no sleep that night. Did you feel a little bony finger poking your ribs? There? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's just, just the wife. <laughs> We didn't. We don't really need to talk about that. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just oh my god! I just want to go to bed. God, leave me alone. Oh man. So yeah, oh, I mean man. that was that wasn't anything too exciting, but it is the one personal connection I have to anything like ghosty. You know, they do say I'm going to come across like a pickup artist. I oh, swear no. to God. You know, they do. They do say that you're supposed to take first dates to scary movies because you build a an affection for the people that you're with that make you feel safe when your body builds up like a fight or flight. Oh, that's mm. sweet. So romantic. Mm. Yeah, of course. So if you got a first date, just scare the living <laughs> shit out of them and and protect seems, them yeah watch hereditary that's a great i think that's film. what oh, yeah. i think that's what my wife has been trying to do to me slowly over the last four years but uh is she gaslighting <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i want you to feel safe uh yeah. out there. come on tori it's okay <laughs> tori's like that man chased me Dottie's like no no no, i got you and then as soon as tori leaves she's like hey hey dude here's 20 bucks get out of here thanks a ton dude you were faster than i remember oh my god <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> that's it that's what i got i love it all right chris you want to regale us with uh some hampton traditions here yeah sure uh this is so this scary. is not hampton this is from my grandfather who uh, Ooh. yeah uh so my grandfather he he was native american um and this it's funny tori that your story was about a bony finger this story <laughs> They called him Bony Finger. <laughs> oh, no. no, it's uh, th- this story is uh, Utlanta, the Spear Finger. Oh, it's, same oh, thing. This is a, a Cherokee legend that takes place in the the western part of North Carolina. That's the part that like dips into East Tennessee, where the Appalachian Range, the Blue Ridge Mountains, run through there. Uh, and in those mountains, you know, early times before white people got here there was a terrible ogress that haunted that area a woman monster whose food was human livers and she could tape on classic oh, women know, right <laughs> uh <laughs> no, no, cut that out that's fine i'm not i'm not i will cut that <laughs> I'm out i'm not a misogynist um <clears throat> 
But um, could you boost my volume on that? Part? <laughs> Isolate only Chris's audio, please. <laughs> so uh, Utlanta could take on any shape or appearance to suit her purpose. But in her right form, she looked very much like an old woman. Not an ordinary woman, though. Her whole body was covered with skin that was hard as rock. No weapon known to any of the Cherokee could penetrate it. And on her right hand, she had a long, stony forefinger of bone, like an awl or spearhead, with which she stabbed everyone whom she could get near enough to. Fucking metal. Wait, everyone? (laughs) Like, even her friends? She didn't have friends. What an ass! Dude, this is awesome, though. Mm-hmm. That's a cool fucking. That's a cool visual, though. Right, and so Spearfinger, which uh, you know, Ulanta, from what I know, in of Cherokee, it translates to "she had it sharp." Mm. She possessed powers that. over stone. She could easily lift and carry immense rocks. She could cement them together simply by striking them against each other. And to get over rough country and mountains, she more easily undertook to build a great rock bridge underneath her as she walked through the air. And this is called the Tree Rock on Hiawassee uh, on the Whiteside Mountain. If you go there, there are bluffs that look like a, a stone bridge that go through the mountains. So That's crazy. On the Blue Ridge... Had it well started from the top of Tree Rock when lightning struck it and scattered down the fragments along the whole ridge where pieces of those rocks that she fused together can still be seen by people if you go hiking along that way. And she used to range all over those mountains and streams in the dark of the Nantala. She was always hungry. It was her one weakness. She was always looking for victims. And her favorite haunt was on the Tennessee side in East Tennessee, where I'm from. Uh, this was like a, a story that was told to scare the shit out yeah. of me when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, and this is why you don't poke strangers. Right, with, with your bony finger. Um, <laughs> so Chris is still to this day never had sex because of those stories. True. He can't oh, no. use his hands to be intimate. <laughs> 31-year-old virgin. But um, so sometimes while she was on these trails... She would come across children who were picking strawberries or playing near their village and she would coax them and say, come my grandchildren, come to your granny, let granny dress your hair. And then when some little girl would run up and lay her head on the old woman's lap to be petted and combed, the old witch would gently run her fingers through the child's hair until the child went to sleep. At which point she would then stab the little one through the heart or the back of the neck with her long all finger, the back of the which neck. she kept hidden under her robe. Dude, that's some Terminator yeah. Two shit. And then she would take out the liver yeah. and eat it with some fava beans and Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's nutritious uh. right there. Sometimes she would enter homes taking the appearance of a family member who happened to have gone out for a short time. And then she would use that chance to stab someone with her long finger. Sometimes she could stab people without them even noticing. Uh, And it would leave no wound and cause no pain. And people would just go about their affairs until all at once they felt weak and would gradually start to feel their spirit leave them through the stab wound. 
And they were always sure to die because through that wound, Spearfinger had taken their liver out. <gasps> and they had been walking around without a liver. So, as this became to be more of a problem, the Cherokee went out in the fall, uh, according to their custom, to burn leaves off the mountains in order to get chestnuts off the ground and also to prevent fires. Yeah, I mean, it's just like Trump says, you gotta, you gotta sweep it up. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm so, the real I'm sorry, horror guys. of 2020. <laughs> oh, boy. But... You know, the Cherokee, they never felt safe. and They always had a lookout who was looking for an old witch. Um, and as soon as she saw smoke rise, she knew there were Indians, and she would try to sneak up and surprise one of them while they were on their own. So as well as they could, they tried to keep together, and they were very cautious of allowing any strangers to approach their camp. But if one went down to the spring for a drink, they never knew, but it might be the liver eater that came back and sat with them. Mm. Sometimes she took her proper form, and once or twice when she went out from the settlements, uh, a hunter had seen an old woman with a queer-looking hand going through the woods, singing to herself, Liver, I eat, susasa, susasa. And uh, it was always thought to be a very pretty song that just chilled the blood because you knew who it was as soon as you heard it. And when you heard the song, you tried to back away slowly and quietly to avoid being seen so that you can keep your life. So at last, the great council of the Cherokee decided they were going to get rid of Ulanta before she could destroy everybody in the mountains. And the people came from all around, from all the Cherokee tribes, and after much talk, it was decided that the best way would be to trap her in a pitfall with spears at the bottom so the warriors could attack her all at once with arrows by firing down to the pit. That's some Viet Cong shit. So they dug a very deep pitfall across the trail that she was known to haunt, covered it with grass and earth, and made the ground look as if it had never been disturbed. And then they started a large brush fire near the trail because they knew that attracted her. And hid themselves. Mm. Sure enough, an old woman came along the trail. And she looked like an, uh, an old woman that all of them knew from the village. Though several of the older and wiser men wanted to shoot at her, the younger interfered because they did not want to hurt one of their own people. The old woman slowly came along the trail with one hand under her blanket until she stepped upon the pitfall and tumbled through the brush top into the deep hole. And then at once, she showed her true nature immediately. And instead of a feeble old woman, there was a terrible, terrible witch with a stony skin and her sharp all finger reaching out in every direction all at once for someone to stab. The hunters rushed out of the thicket and surrounded the fence, and they shot at her heart. And their shots were true, but as often as they could, the arrows would just fall off because of her stony skin that prevented them from breaking and she taunted them as she tried to climb out of the pit to get at them. But they kept her down there, and they kept her out of their way. And then suddenly, a small bird, they called it Usugi. which oh, it's is one a, of Tori's birds. Yeah, a titmouse, was uh, perched on the tree overhead, and it began to sing, un, 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 which they thought was the native word, unaha, heart, meaning that they should shoot at the heart of the witch. So they directed their arrows there, where her heart should be. 
but they only glanced off her skin again. So they caught this titmouse and cut off its tongue. And ever since then, the tongue of the titmouse has been very short because everybody knows a titmouse is a liar. And when the hunters let it go, the titmouse flew straight up into the sky until it was out of sight and it was never heard from again. So the titmouse that we know today is only a shadow of that original titmouse. But the hunters, they kept up the fight. And then another little bird, a little tsikili, the chickadee, it flew down from a tree and alighted and landed upon her right hand of the witch. And the warriors took this as a sign that they must aim there. And they were right because Spearfinger held her heart in her hand. Mm. So she doubled her hand into a fist. And this is the same all hand that she had used to stab so many people. But now she was really frightened and in earnest because they had found her weakness. So she began to rush at them furiously with her long all finger and to jump about in the pit and to dodge the arrows until one last lucky arrow struck just where the all joined her wrist and she fell down dead. And ever since then, the chickadee, the tzikili, has been known as a truth teller. And when a man is away on a journey, if this bird comes and perches near the house and chirps its song, his friends know that he will soon be home safe with his liver intact. That's pretty dope. Nice. I linked, yeah. a, I linked a photo. Bird I linked saved a photo the day again. Because like, there's no, I would have thought there would have been some budget horror movie or, you know, some, some video game you know some indie game based on it because they sort of touch everything um but the artwork at least that i could find that was the one i sent was kind of like the at least the most accurate but it's i don't know it's pretty you painted a pretty good picture if you're if i'm being honest so yeah it's creepy man it's that's so warren what you're saying is that somebody should write a screenplay about the i mean if anything make a make a dope short i'm hearing you know, like a good short based yeah, on this. Insane. I think mm-hmm. I think this could be great. This is really cool, man. Do you guys think that Atlanta is named after her? It is super it's very close, close looking. Ooh. I wonder. Ulanta. Who knows? Could be. That was cool. Good story, love man. It. That was dope. Yeah, that was amazing. Thank you. I love that kind of stuff, man. Yes. I used to, um, I don't know about you guys, but I remember as a kid, I used to go and check out like weird folklore books on like African folklore and stuff. Mm. Uh, from the library and like dude some of that stuff is yeah. wild yeah. yeah all right i've tried to put it off but here i am let's do it um, let's hear it alessio all right so I'm, I'm wondering i feel like i've told the story like off offline quite a bit so i'm hoping have you guys heard the tale of the florida apartment Probably not. Does Florida man live there? I don't think so. Maybe not Florida. Maybe it was in Alabama. Anyway, it was an apartment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I'll tell the story. So I apologize for the squeaky chair if that's coming through in the recording. Um, so essentially, uh, for a majority of my life, just because we, we moved around a lot whenever I was a kid, um, I, I grew up in apartments. So that's why, I don't know, like a lot of people, especially in the South, they're like, why is your family always living in apartments? Um, And I don't know, I was just used to it. Um, So we kind of moved around. We lived in a bunch of different apartments in Europe, but then also in Virginia, Florida, and Alabama. Um, And so this was, I want to say it was the second place we lived when we were in Alabama. Um, And it was this apartment complex 
Um, lo and behold, Kristen would invite me to a party at this apartment complex like many years later. So there, there are some good memories in this apartment complex. Um, but we had this apartment that kind of faced the back, like away from everywhere. Um, and my dad, um, still to this day is an academic, but he was, he was teaching then. And so he would be up late grading papers all the time. And so from time to time he would say, man, I really wish that you wouldn't walk around the apartment late at night. You always freak me out. He's like, I swear to God, I see you moving around the hallway out of the corner of my eye. And I would always be like, I don't know what the, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I mean, I would be up late, but I would be up late, like in my room, you know what I mean? Sure. Like on the computer or whatever. Um, and so, uh, just kind of, it came up every once in a while. I never really thought anything of it. And then lo and behold, one day my buddy James, um, who actually has been on this podcast, he kind of intro and outro the Jeremy Blaustein episode with me. Cool. Uh, my buddy James came over and, um, we were just hanging out doing whatever, hanging out. You stay up late cause you're whatever young men playing video games, just whatever. It's like three <laughs> in the morning. Anyway, um, I had my door closed cause obviously we didn't want to be too, too loud or whatever, but, um, I had to go use the bathroom and I had my door closed and I swear to God, I went to the door and more than I've ever been sure of anything in my entire life, I could feel something on the other side of the door. Mm. Like it felt like, like in the moment at first I was like, oh, maybe mom or dad are like hanging out outside the door, like ready to knock to like complain that we're being too loud or something. Um, but I just stood there and waited and knocks never came. And so I just like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, man. Like I was like, eventually after what felt like minutes, I just said out loud, I was like, James, I can't open the door. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't want to open the door. I was like, I am so fucking terrified that I feel like something's on the other side of this door. I do not want to open the door. And so I kid you not, we stood there. Like I stood there, he sat there and we were just kind of shooting the shit or whatever. Literally, I did not move until the sun came up. Mm. Oh my God. And then I felt more comfortable to open the door. And I went out and I'll never forget. I just didn't think anything of it or whatever. But um, maybe a year or two later, we were moving and my dad, when he's dropping the keys off and stuff, just kind of offhandedly mentioned like, yo, I think there's like something fucking weird in, in our apartment. Just like, I don't know, just like made like an offhanded comment or something. And the woman asked him, like, what apartment is it? And my dad said the, the apartment number. And this woman claims, I kid you not that a 16-year-old boy had hung himself in my room like years prior. Oh, my God. And for whatever reason, I remember while we were living there that that room always felt like weirdly cold, like all the mm. time. So, I don't know. Believe it or not, I just like legitimately like still from time to time remember like an echo of the fear that I had standing on the other side of that door. Ugh, yeah that was cool man does it like follow does it like follow you around and be dope every apartment oh, that's god. why you ha apartment hop oh, every god. four years every thousand days it follows <laughs> that's cool man mine um mm -hmm. i have a story that i would say if i had to pick a story that i definitely would believe that like it's the closest i would have said that yeah like i my i have changed my outlook based on how 
this night happened. Let's put it this way. So mm-hmm. it's very understood mm-hmm. that I'm an asshole when it comes to scary stuff. If you guys have known, I'm the one that'll find, you know, what it is. It's the radiator. It's, the, it's a drip in your bed. You know, I'm that guy. Um, so I bought mm-hmm. my place in 2008 where I currently am. So if you're out here, Lisa, I'm coming for you. Um, so oh, no. so when, when we were working on the house, <laughs> uh, I bought it. And we, we gutted the entire place. Um, I was an idiot, but we're, I was going to do it. So we gutted the house. And when we got to, there was drywall up over windows. Like they just, they kept the blinds on the windows from, from the outside. You just saw blinds, but there were drywall over it. And then, you know, taped and painted. So to like hide the windows for a very odd reason. Um, and when we pulled everything down, we also noticed that on the window, like, I guess on the frame, there was like, you know, little like kid drawings, like, you know, like a little marker or something like that. It wasn't like beautifully known, but like you could tell someone was either scraping or sort of writing it. And Lisa, the name Lisa was written a couple times on there. And it was, either you know, just maybe a kid learning how to write her name or something like that. Maybe that's where, not that she slept, but maybe that was like where they had maybe a little table. She'd use her crayons and, you know, whatever. So they had to like sort of hide what went on in this room. Now, I can't think of a child named Lisa. When I think of Lisa, I think right. of like a 40-year-old woman. And I don't know, woman. maybe it was a 40-year-old <laughs> woman, but it was so low to the ground, you know? So I, I, we were like, it has to be a kid, right? Now, I'm an asshole. So I, when there was four guys living here at one point, like when I bought the place, it was just anybody that could crash here basically to fund me fixing the house um, because we had the attic where I am now was still finished. So we didn't, we, this was the last room we did. So we had a place to sleep while we worked downstairs. And, you know, we were in our 20s, so, like, if we could go out, bring people back, you know, girls, guy, whatever we were into. And um, I was, like, they were like, what's, uh, what's up with that uh, Lisa thing? You know, I see, like, like you guys have a joke about her. Or we heard you guys messing around. Like, they were talking about it at the bar. And I would just, like, go into, like, yeah, um, I, want, I, I don't want to talk about it, like, kind of a thing. And we ended up making, like, this whole story about, <laughs> you know, like, I got, I bought this place with my wife. We had a kid. And then she died. Like they, they went like hardcore and we like definitely made this whole thing around Lisa uh, to scare everybody that was a guest. Mm. Now it's like 2010, two years later, the house is pretty much livable in every room. So now everybody has a, a true room to sleep in. Um, and all the four guys, surprisingly, were all still here. We just got like a surround sound for downstairs. So I'm going to say this was maybe like part of why this, this spook start to come. But like we were playing Alan Wake, Amnesia, dead space like really yeah, good yeah, yeah. sounding games because we wanted to hear good horror on the surround to like make sure it worked and all that and one of the friends i'll keep his name out of it just because he's cool and all but i don't want to i don't want to call him out on this but he was definitely the susceptible to this kind of stuff like he would believe the fucking dumbest shit in my opinion like he would just be scared over nothing um and he still sometimes would sleep upstairs just because he was working on something paint drying or putting hardwood floors in so he was just like i'm just gonna crash on the couch up upstairs um and i sleep like a rock like i'll sleep through anything a truck could drive right through our house and i'd probably fall asleep one night i want to say it was like 2 a.m something like that uh pretty rough night of drinking but we were day drinking so we passed out pretty early and i came upstairs to where i'm basically at now and kenny is standing in the middle of the room like pale as can be full sweat and he wasn't he was working on the house so he wasn't drinking so this isn't him like dehydrated and i'm like ken what the fuck are you doing hello hey whoa like everything all right like what do you see like why are you staring over mike's bed like what are you doing and uh and he doesn't hear me i have to like go over and like put my hand on his shoulder and he's like what Shh, fuck. Uh, okay 
like what time is it i'm like i don't know dude it's like the middle of the night like what is going on like why why aren't why are you up here like is everything okay and he was like i i don't know um you know give me a minute mike was not even in his bed mike comes home and we we're like yo i thought you were like where were you he was like oh, I, I had to get up like i had to get out of the house i wasn't feeling right and i was like what do you mean you weren't feeling right? he's like yeah I, I woke up and i thought like someone was in the room and i was like well was it was it Ken? Because he's, he's been here. Like, what the fuck? And he was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, he's like, Ken Ken was up here, but uh, he wasn't, I don't know, whatever he's doing here. But like, I went out. I was like, I, I couldn't I couldn't sleep here. I didn't know what to do. And he's like, I felt something. I was like, okay, that's weird. So Kenny then, Kenny was very big at writing, like he would journal stuff, like a lot, like if he, if he remembered something. So he would like sort of write down like uh, whatever he felt or noticed or something certain nights of the week. Um, and Mike came home one night the next night and was and I woke up again which I never wake up and Mike comes home and he was like dude I I don't I can't sleep in my room anymore like I don't know I just don't I don't feel right and I I'm, I don't know if it's me I don't know if it's the room or what but like I gotta go like I'm gonna go he was divorced so he was like I'm gonna go back to my uh my you know my home and uh figure out what's going on and just I might gotta go see a doctor I don't know what's going on but it's been like the last couple days and uh he had to tell his doctor like what was going on to sort of describe like how he was feeling so he said yeah I, I felt like a tightness on my chest I I felt like someone was in the room like someone was like there it just I don't know I was anxious I, I, I've never had anxiety I'm in my 30s you know like something like that um, and then he was like well describe what do you mean you like did you see someone or did you feel someone and he said well no it was like probably it, it wasn't someone big it was like, almost like a kid like I thought maybe like one of my kids was there and maybe I just feel like I couldn't protect them so I, I just got anxious and so he like was on medication or whatever, couldn't come back. And he, him and Kenny were really close. And Kenny like had his journal and he had journaled like that night that he was like watching a kid watch Mike. And like Kenny from then on was like, I'm not sleeping in the attic ever again. <laughs> and he moved out like a year later. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah so, I don't blame him. And I believe yeah, it. Like insane. I said, he was pale and sweaty. He definitely believed it. And then sometimes, like I said, you can catch him and maybe he'll like make up other details. Um, but like he, there was, there was, they weren't, they didn't see each other in time. This was like early. This wasn't really like, yo, call me on the smartphone. Like this was 2010. So you could text and all that, but it was still flip phone mania still for a little bit there. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, okay. And I really felt, I was like, dude, we kind of, I think we fucked up. Like we shouldn't have given Lisa like a, uh, a backstory, uh, and anything. Cause I hope Lisa isn't fucking living in this house right now. And, and I was working oh on the God. attic this year. Or last year when I was like refinishing it. So I was scoring um, some of the wallpaper that was up here before I like got all the computers and stuff. And fucking no joke, you pull the wallpaper down and you know like the like stickers, like the gas station stickers you can kind of buy? Fucking four stickers, L-I-S-A, right, right where I'm sitting. I could see them right now if I wanted to, right by the window right here. And this is like a short roof, so it was like four cool. feet like... A kid would have put L I S A and like not like perfect, like just a little off centered. And I was like, oh shit. So I, I was like, hey, uh, babe, I gotta, I gotta tell you about Lisa. I'm really sorry, but uh, I was an asshole 10 years ago. So if you like hear shit, tell me, please. <laughs> like we need to know this now in case it gets any worse. But luckily she's been good. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, literally oh like I can almost reach where they were, like right where I'm sitting right now. Little did you know, it's actually a yeah. Lisa Frank original <laughs> window frame. You actually oh, could eBay it for like back, $2 million. Back this whole house. Yeah. A whole team of people coming in. 
Um, so that's like the one where I definitely believe what happened. I kind of blame the us being dicks, and then I also kind of blame like the games we were playing because some of them were sort of psychological sound, so you think you're hearing something that doesn't exist. But I definitely believe the two of them. Like they wouldn't go in cahoots to fucking leave the house, you know, what I mean? and they still to this day like uh, Mike, sure. Mike hasn't come back. Like he still talks to me, but Mike has not come back, which is wild. You best believe you best be believing in ghost stories, Warren. You're in, You're in one. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then, so when we get to it, and we don't have to for time's sake, if you want, but I do have like a pretty famous horror story that we can go into if we sort of need more. But does anybody so, else have any other ones they want to share? Hmm. I know Alessio, I think, has at least one more. Yeah, I got, I got a, I got a, I got a, an opener, a second opener, and then I got a headliner. Mm. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we'll give it an opener then. Let's go for it. All right. Word. Um, so the opener is this one. So um, so going back to our multiple moves. So at one point, um, my dad helped the police in Charlottesville, Virginia, bust some notorious stuff up. And uh, I'll never forget this. We had to move in the middle of the night. Um, I was like a super small kid. I think it was like six or seven. We had to move in the middle of the night. Uh, we didn't have anywhere to stay. So we were staying in rural Florida, Live Oak, Florida, with my dad's parents. Um, and I think when we left, I was like midway through kindergarten or something, or midway through first grade. I think it was kindergarten. Um, so I had to go again. I had to rip, like essentially start over or whatever, jump in at a new school in the same grade. So I remember like middle, middle of the school year. Um, and my, my dad was looking for work. I think my mom was also looking for work i can't remember exactly but like nobody was home so essentially i had to take the bus to school and the bus back like nobody was dropping me off as a seven-year-old six-year-old seven-year-old um and i want to say it was like week one actually it was probably the very first time i had to take the bus back so very first time i had to take the bus back i um i was told hey take the bus to your aunt's house and i kind of remembered where she lived but not super great but they told me they're like here's the street name take it to the bus driver. The bus driver is going to take you there um, and she'll tell you when to get off. So I was like, okay, cool. So I'm supposed to go to my aunt's house. Um, so I get on the bus. I'm just kind of there, whatever. Lonely kid, don't really know anybody. New school, yada, yada, yada. Um, this bus is going pretty far out. It's like a super small town in Florida, but it's going pretty far out into the sticks. And um, little did I know that I had like walked off the bus at the wrong stop. Like I just, I had like a feeling where I was like, oh, this looks, this looks like what I'm used to seeing in my aunt's house. I'm just going to get off here. Bus driver didn't think to say anything to me. Um, mm. Or like, I guess she just didn't remember who the new kid was. Yeah. And so I just, I just waddled off the bus. Um, and man, it in retrospect, like the house was definitely some like horror film shit. It was like the only house. There was like a farm across the street, uh, like a huge fenced in kind of pasture across the street. But it was like a rotten ass wooden house. And it was one of those moments where like as the bus is pulling away, I kind of take a couple steps forward and look around and realize like, oh shit, like this is not the house. Mm. Like it looked like the house. And it's not. It does house. not look like the house. Um. And so I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm kind of freaking out because there's like a bunch of big fucking dogs chained up. Like this house looks like shit. Like for all I knew, I mean, it's the 90s. 
like who like i think heroin was the big thing right like not meth so like for all i fucking know like oh yeah i don't know what's going on so i was i was a little freaked out and my dad used to always watch shit like the exorcist or the bone collector like all this sketchy shit so as this like seven-year-old my brain is like racing and so i don't know what the fuck to do so i run across the street i'm looking around um again nothing like you could run in any direction and it would just be like field field <laughs> yeah. field 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 You're done and i'm kind of panicking so as like a six or seven year old i just like start crying mm. my eyes out like on the side of the road and then out of the like my teary eyes i see this red car coming down the road so i think to myself and again this is like pre-cell phone i think it's like 1995 or some shit um so i just run out in the middle of the road like literally I just run out of the middle of the road, arms up, screaming. This dude stops. Uh, and he's like, Hey, are you all right? And I, I knew my parents were like, don't fucking talk to strangers. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do that. But I was like freaking out. And so I just said like, man, I'm so sorry. I got off the bus at the wrong place. Like I was probably super yeah, mile a minute mumble mouth. Yeah. yeah. And this guy's like, what the fuck? So I'm telling this guy, I'm like, <laughs> dude i have no idea yada 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 and he was like well get in i'll take you where you gotta go and i'm just like okay so i get in damn um and i do remember this that as i was getting in i kept repeating the license plate number in my head hey nice so that i could like Mm -hmm. to yeah so i could tell my dad or whatever so anyway we're driving and the only way i know how to describe how to get to my parents or grandparents house is uh take me to the piggly wiggly Okay. Like if you can take me to the Piggly Wiggly, I can tell you, which is a supermarket. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. Know. It's like a, yeah, yeah. Um, and so if you can take me to the Piggly Wiggly, I can, I can figure out how to get us there. And again, like six or seven years yeah. old. Um, so he gets me to the Piggly Wiggly and then I start to like navigate him where I'm like, okay, go over the railroad tracks, take a right, blah, blah, blah. So he dumps me <laughs> off and I get there. Nobody's home, mm. which at the time I was like, what the fuck? Like in my head. Yeah. But in reality, it's like, that's why they told you to get off at your fucking aunt's house, you idiot. Like, nobody's home. (laughs) So I'm kind of freaking out. I, like, stole the neighbor's trash can so that I could, like, jump the fence into my own grandparents' backyard. Nobody's home. It feels like forever's going by. So I just, like, went and talked to the neighbor. It was, like, this old lady. I'm just talking to so many strangers (laughs) at this point. I'm like, I'm on a roll. (laughs) Fuck it. Like, let's rock and roll. So anyway, I'm talking to this neighbor, and they're like, hey, like, come on in we'll wait until your grandparents get here i was like all right so remember i was like eating oreos and just like watching tv anyway i like pass out wake up i had written down the license plate number uh so my parents are freaking the fuck out like i think they had called the police when i had never shown up at my aunt's house um so the police were there my parents were there grandparents were there and so i tell the police i'm like this is the license plate number i give them the description blah 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 and i will never forget that like the next day they called my grandparents house and they said that there was no license plate with that number mm. like in their computer system. So I don't know. Kind of a reverse ghost story, but I think Ooh. somebody was looking out. No, that's somebody still was works. looking out for a little six year old boy. That's insane. And then my and then my and then, and then so my fucking sweet. class made like a children's book out of the story. Oh, and shit. I still have it. I <laughs> still have awesome. the children's book. Oh, oh nice. God. Yeah, really? they like hand drew the pages, and there's like I think because they all felt horrible. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, so I have like a I have a handmade children's book of my horrible story. <laughs> That's such That's a awesome. cool. Yeah, I think Holy it's at shit. my parents' house in a box. Holy shit! That was good. That's a good that's one. My, that's my that's my that's my opener. 
So does anybody have anything else that they want to bring to the table? I have a story of Jimmy C, so we can get to that if if we do not have something else. Uh, there's one that we learned in school. Uh, have you ever heard of the Bellwit? No. Sounds vaguely I, I like that you're bringing familiar. up ones I've never heard of. This is awesome. Well, they turned it into a movie in 2005 called... An American Haunting. Yeah, perfect. classic. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you've seen that movie, that's kind of the whole plot okay. of The Bill Witch. Um, there's a spirit in uh, this Robertson County, Tennessee. There's a farmer residing in River, Red River with his family. Uh, near the town of Adams, Tennessee. And according to the legend, his family uh, in the local area came under attack by an invisible entity that was able to speak back to the physical environment and shapeshift. So it's not a real witch in the sense, though it would sometimes take the form of one. It was more of like mm. a spirit. It was Utalante yeah, coming dude. back, dude, with her spear <laughs> finger. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Uh, but you can go, um, there's the Bell Witch Cave, which they say. Oh, shit. She's there right uh, now. She's there. Yeah. Now, <laughs> oh, shit. now is, it, is it Bell because of a, like a literal tone bell or is her like last name Bell? Do you know? Uh, uh well, so they, s- okay. So the Bell Witch is like. Her other name is Kate. Oh, that's oh, okay. Much nicer. They, she needs a rebrand. She needs a rebrand. There was a, a there was a neighbor <laughs> that lived next to uh, John Bell mm. and his family. Okay, that's why they call uh, it Bell sense, Bell, okay, because cool. it haunted cool. the Bell family. Okay. And the, the the like a Packard what, Bell and <laughs> HP fame, right? And the whole the whole goal of this spirit was to just uh, she wanted to do two things. She wanted to kill John Bell Sr. Mm. Nobody knows why. I yeah, do. He's, he's a, a son of a bitch. There's some speculation that when they first moved to the area, John Bell had seen like an apparition that looked like a, a wild dog and had taken a shot at it and wounded the creature. Ooh. And uh, that apparition was actually the Bell Witch or Kate Bats mm. is what they called her. That's a really wicked yeah. name. Cousin by the way. Katie. The second thing was she was trying to prevent John Bell's daughter from marrying another man in the neighborhood because he was really violent and terrible to women. Mm. So she sounds like a good spirit so far. Well, uh, her her way of dealing with that and preventing uh, the daughter from getting married was to drive her insane. Oh, dope! So that. You know, she would be outcast. Best way to do it. Um, It's a silent crime. Yeah. So they tried to kill the Bell Witch uh, after John Bell Sr. died. Uh, Allegedly, what happened is his uh, throat started to swell up and he just kept choking and choking and choking for no reason at all. Choked to death. And John Bell's son tried to trap the witch and catch it. Uh, and he did. He threw it in the fireplace. And what ended up happening was the whole house burnt down and everybody burned alive that was inside. 
Damn. You know, I like, so yeah. now I'm like starting to catch myself up on the history of it. The uh, the authenticated history of the Bell Witch by Ingram. They call it the Red Book. That shit is, that looks cool as hell. Like that'd be a dope first edition to have. That looks so cool. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd, this up. There's a lot more to the legend than what I said. It's a very, it's a very interesting and involved story. Oh, wow. That is a cool book. A... Yeah, man. Yeah, this is like 150 years. Almost 200. I have 200 years now. That's, yeah, that's 1817. Dope. Holy shit. That's cool as hell. I love that Chris is, Chris is dusting yeah, off some man. fucking classic. <laughs> yeah, I got that. He's got the little uh, the uh, archaeologist yes. brush. Yeah, gotta keep it. Yeah. That's so good. That's awesome. I man. love it. Dude, I like your like lore. This is dope. I feel like I'm, it's like a history class. The South yeah. is haunted as fuck. Yeah. Just saying. So, <laughs> Just uh, I hear it. When this episode is being edited, what you're saying is we need to put some spooky reverb banjos yes. underneath all of your stories. Oh, you know no. I've got that in mind. Dulcimer, Dulcimer music is right, be right, better. Right. Yeah. Though, uh, speaking of banjos, this is this is absolutely true. My parents' house is like a 15, 20 minute drive from where they filmed the movie Deliverance. Mm. Oh shit! Just a whole other kind of horror. Yeah. No, I can hear banjo <laughs> music up there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna be able to pull that tune out of my head now. All right, Warren, sir, do you want to hit us with? <laughs> yeah, because you you feel good about your closer. I'm totally fine oh, with yeah, that. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, right, yeah. so you feel good about your closer. Okay, so our closer is gonna take us all the way back around. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna no do biggie. my best to make this because this can be long. So uh, by all means, uh, if anybody wants to look up, uh, you can find it on Reddit, like all the normal internets. But uh, look up Jimmy C and the Black Mercedes. Um, so we'll try to do as best we can here with the story. So I met a man man in quotes, once knew everything about me and said he jumped off the San Francisco Bridge many years ago, even though I met him in Tybee Island, Georgia. Hold on, quick question. Yes. Did this story inspire the OA on Netflix? Good question. Maybe when I get to the bottom. I don't remember hearing right. about that, though, but that'd be in- insane if that's the case. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, so, story. So, this particular thing has haunted me for a long time. Uh, I was about 19 or 20, and from the looks of things, that was about 15 years ago now. So <clears throat> when I was about 19 or 20, I was living in Savannah, Georgia. I drank a lot, had a crappy fake ID. I worked this terrible job as a grunt laborer, kind of where you go to these temp labor agencies like Able Body or Label fi- Labor Finders. I'd show up at 4 a.m., work till about 5 a.m., 5 p.m., drink myself to sleep, taking home about 60 bucks. I was supposed to go into work on that particular morning, but I decided to skip. It's a labor agency. They'll just find somebody else. I called the girlfriend and tell her I want to go to the beach, Tybee Beach. I'd already started drinking. She comes over. We hop in my big, ugly van, pack up some rods, and head to the beach. I decided to have a drink across the beach at this little bar. This is where the story starts to get interesting. Shortly after ordering my drink, I get this really weird feeling. I become hyper-aware of my surroundings. The door opens, and I see this guy walk in out of my peripheral vision. There was a seat between me and my girlfriend, but the bar was empty at like 9 a.m., so he could have sat anywhere else, yet he chose to sit right between her and I. Then he starts going, uh, then he starts doing things with his fingers. The bar top was reflective. He takes his fingers like two little legs and starts walking them like they're skating on the top of the counter. This isn't something out of the ordinary, but I took notice because when I was in school, I used to do that all the time. I pretend I had rollerblades on my fingers and I was skating around on the desk. I'd hated school and was always distracting myself. So I became kind of mesmerized for some reason. Then he looks at me and in this really kind of Germanic or Nordic accent, I notice you're a man who pays attention to detail. I'm also a man who pays attention to detail. 
Now, before I continue, I have to describe this guy. He had a short, spiky hair that was bleached at the tips, sort of late 90s style. He had really expensive clothes on, like a nice Prada leather jacket, nice designer jeans, really nice boots. He seemed like a kind of gay guy with awesome fashion sense and really distinctive taste. <laughs> Sir, you seem like a kind of gay guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always remembered this because I think to myself, some weird homeless crazy guy couldn't have afforded these clothes. Anyway, the other thing that stuck out was his eyes. They were piercing gray. It reminded me like a husky's eyes, but his pupils stayed in this disturbing pinpoint size. They were just extremely small, yeah, which had caused his look to be kind of terrifying. His teeth were normal, but at the same time, I don't know how to explain it. What a it. weird comment. His teeth were well, normal. So he's trying to, I guess he's trying to paint a picture, but they were sharper than, than they should be, but only as if they were filed slightly. Well, that's well, not normal. So he's saying normal, <laughs> but he's trying you, to give you a little normal. bit. Are just, you just, uh, just painting a picture. Are you just describing the, the nine inch nails? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> his hands were normal, but his fingernails were slightly long and a little pointed as if he deliberately did it. He kept licking his teeth, too, as if he were salivating. The thing about this guy is that you look at him and everything seems normal, but off at the same time. So you're questioning if you're crazy for even thinking this. This guy then begins to start talking about the relationship between me and my girlfriend. But really strangely, he's talking about how beautiful she is and how I should pay more attention to her. He does admit to ex-girlfriend, I was kind of a dick to her. Shortly after he began talking like this, I had this almost knowing feeling that came over me. Like I knew this guy was not a human. I look at my girlfriend and say, you need to leave. She kind of looks at me like she knows too. Without a word of protest, she gets up quietly and leaves. Later I learned she went next door to go get a cup of coffee. That's when this guy literally says to me with the utmost confidence, you were supposed to go fishing today. He points at the beach across the street. If you had, I'd have drowned you in that ocean. And I shit you not, he hissed. Again, for some reason, this overwhelming calm had come over me. I just asked, who are you? He answers back with this crazy guttural language like, and was, but it was really long. It sounded Arabic or Hebrew or something. I just, for some reason, without skipping a beat, and I have no idea why I could stay, I could stay so calm, I asked, can you please say that in a way that I can understand? He says, you can call me Jimmy C. I jumped off the San Francisco bridge years ago, and we've been watching you. From there on out, he never referred to himself as me or I, but only we. The conversation became strange, very strange after this. He was saying things like, we see you taking a bath. We wish we, wish we too could feel warm, the warmth of water and the comfort of steam and other things like that. He kept buying me drinks too, specifically whiskey sours. It was like he had an endless supply of money. He smoked Marlboro Ultralight cigarettes. After I don't know how long, because I lost sense of time in a, in a way, I told him I was going to leave. I walk next door, I get my girlfriend, and she's stone silent. We start driving home, don't say a word. Then I just ask, do you know what that was? And she just says, that was a demon. Just very concerned. This girl had parents that were scientists. They were very analytical, non-religious, and that was the first thing that she came up with when she re chose to speak. Now, I don't say any part before because to me, this is the most important aspect of the story. So I'll just say it now because it's what happened after this that fucked me up for so many years. The last thing that Jimmy, that this Jimmy C guy said before I left is this. Look at my car. I look outside and I see one of those newer Volkswagen Beetles. It was white. What does the license plate say? I look at the plate and it literally says fierce. 
He looks me dead in his eyes and says, the next time you see me, I'll be driving a black Mercedes and the license plate will say Utopia. Stupid, right? The last night I was calm, or that night I was calm. I don't know why, but I felt like the guy on Office Space after his hypnotherapist died right in front of him and it was weirdly zen. My girlfriend started having terrible nightmares of this guy's head just staring at her in her dreams. Weeks went by and then the encounter started affecting me. I found myself becoming paranoid about the black Mercedes. Every black car I saw, I checked if it was a Mercedes. If it was, I immediately looked at the license plate. I started doing it when I watched TV and movies and well, I couldn't stop. Now I'm going to fast forward a tiny bit. 10 years go by. Now I'm almost 30. So this is much more recent, which is about six years ago. And in silence, when I'm alone, when I'm drinking, I often think about this encounter. I still look for black Mercedes and every time they pass, I'm very curious and anxious and check the license plate. Anyway, I remember my girlfriend at the time always kept a journal, but now I'm pretty sure that I'm insane. Maybe I was drunk. Maybe I'm not remembering any of this correctly. After years of trying to find news articles of a Jimmy C that committed suicide on the San Francisco bridge, looking for black cars, anything like that, I felt like I'd just grown out of it. Yet still, I had to know. So last year I tracked down my ex-girlfriend. We ended on bad terms. I found out now that she's a school teacher in Wisconsin, has married a woman and is actually trying to have a child. I figured she's not going to talk to me, but I send her a Facebook message anyway. I ask her if she can find the journal from that day because I have to know if her events line up with mine. Sure enough, she had it. And it contained even more detail than what I remembered because she had literally written it down at the coffee shop right after it happened. Now, what I can have, if you guys would like, I can actually read her journal entry, if you guys are cool with that. Oh, of course. Okay. Here's You've lured me this yeah. far in with your heathen era, David Bowie, <laughs> so and your here's, talks of hers. Here's what she sent me. Notes on what happened at Tybee Island, Georgia on the first Tuesday in two, December 2005. Drove there during the day, and the sunshine was getting me down. Kept thinking about how earlier I had gone uh, to a friend's house after waking up there. And he woke up early, took a shower, came back and woke me up, acted very sweet. Then I went home, took a shower, came back, and we go together to Tybee. He had gotten drunk already and was teasing me, sort of being an ass. I had even threatened to go home once, but I stayed, feeling that I really should go to Tybee with him. But I was excited to show Tybee to Will during the day, and since, it, since I knew it well, and he had never seen it. He talked about how it reminded him of his childhood, and as we drove down the salt marshes over the bridge, the sun, the palm trees, I grew up in a fog, got to Tybee, and he wanted to have a couple beers even though we had rum in the trunk. Well, really, the back of the van. The first bar we went to, was, we got carded. Um, he had his fake ID, and so we left. Uh, she didn't have one, remarking that everyone in the place had given us strange looks as soon as we walked in anyway. Went over to Fanny's a couple doors down, on an area by the beach by the pier. I decided I want beer after all, and I told the woman I'd just like a glass of water. Uh, the place, I had a PBR, only it cost a dollar. Noticed the VW Beetle, white, parked outside when I came in, but I did not see Jimmy enter. Pointed out at a man sitting at a bar stool down, drumming his fingers strangely on a stainless steel bar, more like dancing with his nails, stretching his long fingers. Though immediately, thought immediately that he was gay. And I watched, and I watched and talked in whispers about it for a few minutes before he, the stranger, spoke. He first talked about how I had noticed him dancing with his nails, the words he used, then looked at his nails, surprised, and said that they look like shit. I laughed, getting a weird feeling about this guy. He then spoke about how it's important to notice details, and he likes it when people pay attention. Then he pays attention, that he pays attention to everything, that he knows that I do too. His eyes are, some word I can't decipher, blue-gray. That was his, some word I can't decipher. He has blonde hair and a narrow pointed nose above pale lips that 
covered crooked, crooked teeth, not very white, almost like fangs. His teeth are all I can look at until I look at him in the eye, something I normally wouldn't do if I, unless I know a person a little, and he seems to evade me. He asks if I love the name of the bar or if I love the, uh, this guy we're talking about. She doesn't say the name. Uh, without hesitation, I nod and say yes. He asks, do you love her? To our, our guy. He looks uncomfortable, laughs a bit, and says, yeah, I guess so. And then the guy says that I am beautiful, that if our boy won't love me unconditionally as I do him, then someone else will. He touches my hair and says that I am a creature of God. He then tells us that he walked three miles up and down the beach and it sucked. Some good things about God's green earth. Told a story about a scorpion and asked a frog for a ride across a river, who then stung the frog, told the frog it was in his nature, and then they both enjoyed their last minutes of life because they both would then die. He told my boyfriend he knew him, and he kept trying to get him to get to him through me. He'd say, I'm not hitting on you, girl, but continually told me I was beautiful. He tried to piss off, kept tried to piss off her boyfriend, kept saying that he knew me or that uh, that he knew him, that he was in his room at night. He's what crawls on his back, uh, told his told his glasses, the aviator sunglasses that I gave him were cheap, that my glasses were perfect because he could see through them rather than hide behind them. Then he said that I was perfection that I was one step away from becoming myself. Earlier, he talked about fashion, though uh, thought my glasses might be Armani, said Prada was his favorite person. Then I noticed his orange leather jacket had a red rectangle of fabric on the left breast that said Prada. He said that he knew who he was, uh, that he knew who my boyfriend was, to which he replied that he knew who he was. The stranger left to go to his car, get money for more drinks. He offered to buy us all a shot of tequila and already bought my boyfriend a beer. As he walked out, he pointed to the license plate. His car was the white beetle outside. The license plate, plate read fierce. While he was gone, he asked me if I knew the man. I nodded, saying, I had an idea, but you think you're crazy every time you think it, don't you? I was thinking the man was the devil or something close. Um, there's a few other things she puts in here, um, but now we go with, uh, when I read that that's what she had written literally that day, I knew that I wasn't imagining the details wrong, that this, this must have actually happened. This is probably the single most frustrating and scary thing that has ever happened to me because I want to imagine it's just some normal crazy guy. But unless you saw it and felt it, you would hear him talk all those little details and what you were supposed to do. And when you only knew it, you can't understand the impact of it. It's been 10 years, and my only solace is really that my ex-girlfriend was there to corroborate the, my story. The communication when I reached out to her actually caused us to be on good terms again after a decade. It seems that it has been something that bothered her just as much as it bothered me. And to this day... Even though I'm living 10,000 miles away in Southeast Asia, I can't stop looking for that car. I can't stop thinking about Jimmy C's twisted face. I wonder if he does still crawl on my back and a bunch of other nonsense. Um, they edited that somebody sent him a site where he can look up California license plates, and he did try to do this earlier in GA, and he didn't know why he didn't try it in California. So they have been trying to track down a license plate that either said Fierce or Utopia for those cars registered anywhere. Um in the United States and they have not gotten it. They did somehow realize that they found a 2000 Mercedes that had Utopia in California with it. So it could be that, um, but they still have not found a Jimmy C that had killed themselves either um, in San Francisco. And like, this is like a still active thing um, for some reason that it has been deleted uh, off of Reddit and all that. So you have to like go do the Wayback machine to like get access to it. Um, but I don't know. I like sometimes doing like these little 
these little like stories. But like I said, even if I don't believe him, I mean, I believe he's affected permanently. For I've that. heard um, a follow up on this story because I'm yeah, pretty heavy Reddit user. Warren, have yeah. you heard about what happened to OP? No, what happened? Well, his his Reddit account was is deleted completely. Not just the post, but all of it. His whole account is gone. Oh, he like he got banned. No, he didn't get banned. It, his his account was deleted. Oh wow. Uh, and sorry, dude. Hopefully you're okay. Uh, some there are some redditors that say that there was a body found on the beach, drowned in Malaysia. No. Yeah. Ooh, Hell yeah! Boy. Holy shit, guys! I'm so I'm so here for this. Can yeah. we just do another like four hours? <laughs> I'm just over here getting spooked, dude. Left real right. quick aside, uh, if anybody ever gets the chance, so Isaac, uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about it in the podcast. So I lived with Isaac for uh, like six months um, when I worked in Atlanta, and uh, we used to always joke because there would be sounds in his attic of his new home that he bought. So we named the ghost. Uh, we named the ghost Dag, and I think we definitely did talk about that on the podcast. But but one night, just to like make him feel better about his quote unquote ghost, we decided to pull up ghost stories on Reddit and just read them out loud. And one of them was of this uh, ESL teacher in Taiwan, I think, who said she uh, had a student over who had gotten like left at the school, and it was sort of like an impoverished school or whatever. So she let the she let the kids sleep. Mm-hmm in the apartment um and because nobody had come to pick up the kid and it like been all night and the kid i guess got scared and came and slept in her room but slept on the floor and in the middle of the night the kid starts screaming and the reason for it is because there was a man sleeping under her bed and they called the police and apparently this dude had been like secretly like breaking into homes and sleeping in people's homes while they were in their home Mm. So just fucking terrifying. Anyway, so we kept like from then on, I told Isaac, I was like, there's a homeless man sleeping in your attic. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Jesus. That ought to make him feel better. Okay. So that wasn't the headline. I'm going in. This is it. It's all right. Go for that. Go for the closer. I'm taking us back to Kansas. So this happened in Kansas. This is burned into my fucking DNA. Um, And I did mention that we talked about drugs uh, earlier. So I'm going to talk about drugs now. So um, a very, very long time ago, I, I have done acid forever ago. Uh, the reason why I mention it will become apparent soon. So we, uh, <laughs> I was producing a television show for, uh, it was like a food show, traveling show. And we were in this field in Kansas to film this um, grass-fed beef company. Um, I say company, it's this woman essentially who like her and her family run a farm and it's just her. Um, but it sells pretty well in the Midwest. And so we were coming to like interview her about what it's like to be like a female business owner in the Midwest and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, we do this whole day. We're filming. We go get lunch at some like little dive bar in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, one of my favorite things that I learned about Kansas that day was, uh, it is so flat that you can look in any fucking direction and see for miles. Um, And so yeah, we're trying true. to find a place to do the, this closing interview before the sun goes down with this woman. And we're out in the middle of nowhere. This is like past Kansas City, Kansas, sort of between Kansas City and Lawrence, where there's just like huge fields of nothing. Um, 
And so we were going to stay. They had like a guest house that had been built on the property. So just me and another dude. And that's it. We were going to stay in this guest house. So we're trying to figure out where we're going to film this last um, interview. And she's like, oh, there's a beautiful space way in the back of the farm. And so we're like, okay, cool. We'll go there. So it was like me, a producer, this other guy. And the producer, I think, was driving back to KC that night because she had to be somewhere. But like we didn't have to be anywhere except for St. Louis. So we're like, oh, we're not going to drive six and a half hours tonight. So anyway, we go set up. And while we're setting up, I just look at the camera guy who's with me. And I'm like, dude, I think you're going to have to set this up one up without me. And he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, dude, I just feel like my body feels extremely hot right now, even though it was like the fall. I was like, I feel like I'm burning up. Everything feels really like it's spinning and I feel really nauseous. And like, I feel like I can't stand up. So I mentioned the acid thing because I was kind of freaking out. And I was like, holy shit, is this what people talk about when they talk about flashbacks? Because it was like my vision was going to shit. Like I felt like my neck Mm. felt really Mm. weird. And I was like, man, I was like, did I just like pop my fucking neck and it just like released some crazy like, boy, you had a bunch of acid build up in your spinal column. Like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on, man. So I was freaking out. And this dude's like super hippie camera guy. So I was like, dude, I kind of feel like I'm having like a weird flashback situation. Um, And uh, thank you for that, Chris. Chris just posted (laughs) a Bowie picture that looks just like Jimmy C. Um, It's very creepy. Anyway, um, so I'm freaking out. And I was like, dude, I got to go sit down or something. So he's like, yeah, dude, it's cool. Like he finished setting up the field producer that was was with us for this stint. said she was like, oh, I'll cover the I'll cover the interview. Don't worry about it. So anyway, I come back after I had some water and stuff. And it was like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. But as I'm kind of getting close to that area again, I start feeling like shit again. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like took a second and then they're walking back. So I kind of encountered them on their way back. And the woman whose family farm it was, was like, hey, how are you feeling? I was like, yeah, hey, I'm feeling all right. But there was something I couldn't get out of my head. I was like, there's a weird tree that's by itself. And like most of the tree is fine, but there's an arm of the tree that is completely rubbed raw. Oh my God. And I was like, what's up with that Mm. weird tree? And she was like, oh, they found apparently like a whole colony of like hiding indigenous people back when they were like clearing land and they just fucking killed all of them. And that tree is where they hung them. Oh my God. And so while she's telling this story, she's like, that's why it's rubbed raw, that one arm. And so she was like, yeah, this used to be like an execution site during jeez like western during western expansion so i'm like beautiful yeah so i'm like i'm freaking out man i'm just like what the fuck dude like is that what triggered my reaction like what's going on because you can see these little like stone mounds too and she was like yeah that was like makeshift graves and stuff and i'm like what the fuck Mm. so anyway sun's starting to set they're like, you know, make yourselves at home. Her parents were fine. Everybody was really kind. But I'm just like, and at the time I was like smoking like a chimney. So I'm just like outside smoking, talking to the camera guy. And I'm like, dude, this sucks. Like, I don't want to sleep here tonight. Like, I feel really uncomfortable. And he's like, dude, let's just like catch some shut eye. We'll leave super early in the morning. So I'm like, all right. So we go into the guest house and the bottom floor had seemed pretty spacious. But I noticed that the sleeping arrangements on the second floor were really tight like this is like a little tiny handmade house so like they had like it was like four sets of bunk beds up at the top but the top bunk was like 
on the slant of the roof. And so it's like it's kind of mm-hmm. like where Warren's sitting right now in his attic. So it was like if I. Yep. I'm well yeah, aware. And so of it's like Cape if Cods. you sleep on the top bunk <laughs> and you get up too fast, you will totally fucking smack your head on the on the roof. Oh, yeah. So anyway, for some reason, the guy I'm with imagine like two by four lineup of the bed mattresses. The guy I'm with and you have to go up a ladder and the ladder's on the far right. So the guy I'm with is like, hey, I'm going to sleep in the bottom right bunk. So in my head to kind of give him space, I'm like, I'm going to sleep in the top left bunk. So we're all the way across from each other and we don't have to worry about keeping each other sure. up. So we had been working a lot that day. So he like falls asleep like instantly, like immediately. <laughs> yeah. Bastard. And I'm like, cool. That would be me. That would absolutely so be me. So I lay down <laughs> and guys, as soon as I close my eyes, I feel what I can only describe as what seems like someone like if you're standing next to this bunk bed your face would be at the level of the person's head in the bed and to my right i just swear to god i feel like someone's facing me like i'm sleeping Mm. looking straight up Mm -mm. and i feel as if someone is standing right next to me looking at me sleeping and i feel so uncomfortable that like i Chris looks horrified right now. I feel so uncomfortable right <laughs> that I cannot go to sleep. Dude, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I feel so uncomfortable that I, one, I cannot fall asleep. Two, I don't want to move because I don't know what the fuck yeah. this is. And, and I can hear the dude snoring and I can tell by the distance of the sound that he's not. Yeah, he's not. That's not him. Time. Yeah, it's not him. And dude, Ooh. so like in that moment, I was like, I don't know if it's a ghost. I don't know if it's like somebody who lives here. I don't know if it's like some fucking weirdo who broke in that we didn't notice. Like, I don't know what it yeah. is. And I kid you not, you guys, it is the only time in my life that I have cried with my eyes closed. Like, I literally just like silently mm. wept because I was like saying to myself, I don't know if I'm going to wake up in the morning. <laughs> And yeah, somehow Jesus, I just like man. somehow I just like exhausted myself Ooh. from stress oh to sleep. God. Yeah. Yeah, you just, Dude, you I just felt collapsed. horrible. And so I woke up the next morning and I was just like, as soon as I woke up, I was like putting shit in the car. Yeah, I was like, I was like underwear yeah, to go underwear and a t-shirt, <laughs> yeah. just like piling shit in. And the yeah. dude comes out of the bathroom and he's like, dude, what's going on? And I tell him what's up, and he's like, Let's get the fuck out. Like instantly, no hesitation. He's like, We gotta go. And so we just took off and in retrospect, like, and we called them. We were like, hey, we had to leave. So sorry, but like, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of explained, I remember after I had a conversation with that field producer at a bar and she's like, is it possible that you just like felt the, like the livestock? Cause it's like free roaming cattle. She's like, is it possible that you felt the livestock sure. like through the, through the wall? Like maybe they were just like kind of huddled around the, the guest house at night or something. And I'm like, girl, this is not that. Like this, this was a totally (laughs) different, like it was horrifying, but yeah, that's my, Jesus, man, dude, it was the scaredest I've ever been in my life. And I fucking had my eyes closed. I I feel like I want, I want to experience something like that. I don't have that. You be careful what you wish for. It's not fun. Yeah. Sorry. Like I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm here. I'm not being, uh, you know, not discrediting anything. I just, I've never. I've had some like so I, I my inherent fear is always like I think it's it's never walking downstairs it's walking mm. upstairs I feel I've that. always had like a well, I gotta pick it up let's get up these yep. stairs real quick here just in case like I've always had that every <laughs> once in a while and I've always felt like there's been something. 
but I just always, you know, accumulated it to, all right, maybe when I was five, right, right, someone right. chased me or something. So now I'm always now, worried about see, it. See, right? Warren, I have that same thing, but I, my older brother definitely <laughs> did chase me up the stairs multiple yeah, times. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> so yeah, I, I grew up a latchkey kid. I was home by myself, like even oh, yeah. at five okay. for, for hours and hours and hours. My dad was a truck driver. My mom oh, was in nursing school. So even if she was home. You would, I would never know. And she was a good mom, but like she was busy making sure she was right. you know, going to make good money. Well, and, and this is like <laughs> that now. feeling, but like times 20. Like, yeah, That's I don't crazy. know how to describe it. It's almost like I do. I know what you mean, though, where you like you can sort of tell that something where someone is like right dude it, there. Like, I know what you mean when you describe right, it. Right, Obviously, right. I don't know exactly how you're, but I understand. You just like, feel presence. You know I what like I mean? The, like, fucking Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and Definitely. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, there might be yeah. some crazy, like, because of the pressure of the changing winds and the and the and the and the atmosphere of sure. the room it can create an illusion yeah dude i mean it it could even be like with that pitch just the way your body adapts to being like you're almost like in a, a half of a coffin yeah, really. yeah, you're yeah so yeah. close to the ceiling that you may not realize that your body's just yeah maybe it was like body mind. temperature like, bouncing. You, don't be, you don't want to be here right now like this is not yeah. how you rest alessia <laughs> like this isn't but a dude it's just it was you. it was the one two punch feeling. it was oh, the one two punch of like oh yeah that's yeah. just the tree where they hung a hundred people Com- combined yeah, combined Jesus. with the uh come well, sleep in our hell house maybe tell you af- maybe tell you after the interview <laughs> right maybe give you that detail yeah, when yeah, you yeah. leave right why would she drop that like hey welcome to my farm beautiful place in the back murder yeah, yeah. house right in out all here. fairness he asked about floor. it that's not really something you can subvert if somebody points yeah. hey what's up with that weird fucking tree oh they do it in movies all the time let me oh, pour you some tea it. that's <laughs> a story for another time like come on like they do that shit all the time we'll we'll talk later let's get through this yeah, interview. Yeah. Like, dude who would call. keep Thank that tree i would have fucking uprooted that shit and like <laughs> i burn that shit down or anything i totally agree but maybe they that's can't true, desecrate the graves i don't know there could be something it's like almost like yeah part of me wonders too like did some native american spirit just fucking watch me sleep that night like you know yeah dude yeah it could have been someone protecting you you don't even realize it you know i I don't know man it's just fucking it's crazy yeah that's the thing too is like it's super weird because in my family two weird things my dad i kid you not has seen so many fucking instances of like oh i saw somebody and then somebody's like oh yeah people have died there so like so my dad has has that thing going on on my mom's side my mom's sister three times in her life has had a dream that someone has died and then within three or four days that person has died like clockwork damn so between those two things i'm just like dude i don't know if we're just like highly susceptible to some sort of weird intuition or what the fuck it is yeah that's why but like yeah i just feel like there's some weird shit in my family you got a little doorway i don't want to know in your blood alessio if not at least a window secret window I'm not sure which is worse. <laughs> well, I got to say, that was a fun little scary story, guys. It's good. That was fun. It's a good little hang yeah, I don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I feel bad because I have a hard out because I do have, of course, now we're going to talk about all this shit. Oh, yeah. now it's less about friendship and more about <laughs> now I'm scared. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what I will say is this is a happy Halloween from every single one of us over at the Metal Gear Mondays team, as well as Revengeance crew. At the MGM Treehouse. The RC. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> obviously, so this here is a Patriot Club podcast. Uh, we are releasing it on the main feed to let people know that we like to record extra stuff that isn't just necessarily mainline episodes. And if you pitch in on the Patreon, 
believe it, the $2 tier, you have access to all of these episodes and they go back a long time. So there's a lot of extra content over the years, but we like to bring up stuff like this. It's not necessarily Metal Gear related, but it's still fun to sort of talk and learn about you guys and you guys get to learn a little bit about us. Hell yeah. For $2, you can double your Metal Gear Mondays content. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. No kidding. So, yeah, so if you guys are listening, wherever you guys are listening to this particular episode, if you have the opportunity, please rate and review us. That would be amazing. The algorithm is the scariest thing out of everything. Um, Chris, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me walking along the stone mountain bridges of the <laughs> Natala and the Chilhawe with my long all finger. Typing on Twitter. There's going to be a noise associated with that. I, I, I. Tori. Oh, no. No, I don't like the tap. I don't like the tap at all. (laughs) Oh, no. Yucky. (laughs) Make it stop. Tori, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me hiding under my covers. And also at Young Neil. That's Y-N-G-N-E-I-L. And what about you, Alessio? Where can they find you on the internet? Not in a fucking field in Kansas, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> oh, come on, L- Alessio. We can, can. Listen, I know COVID is scary, but you can uh, come to a big open field and we can have a socially distanced frolic. Nice. As much as I don't like <laughs> six miles apart. As much as I don't like the New York Post, they had an article yesterday of all these New Yorkers that moved away from the city and were now regretting it. Oh, yeah. And uh, my favorite was this dude was like, I actually bought a ranch home in Montana and he's like, he was like after two months, I started to wonder, is there anything else to this? Where is everyone? (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So anyway, after that ghost story, I decided I'm going to move to New York and never be alone in a field ever again. Uh, But no, you can, you can find me at AC Summerfield pretty much everywhere. um, And definitely talking everyone's fucking ear off in the discord. Yes. Uh, so I apologize, everybody. <laughs> hey, man, it's cool. No, we. I, I'm just happy we're active. So yeah, another Patreon piece is we have a Discord for our Patreon members. And uh, for patrons, for a buck, you get into the Discord. And uh, I got to say, for considering our crew, we are quite active in there. And actually, we're getting ready to talk about Bloodborne soon, our game of the month, because we're doing our game of the month club. So yeah. I'm excited for that. And then we got to vote. So I have my pick ready, Alessio. Oh, nice. I'll be unleashing yeah. it when the time comes. You can join turned down again. You can join something like I think it's like seventy people. It's some crazy high eighty people. There's like a ton yeah, of people in this thing. Um, yeah, it's fun from all over the place too. It's wild. Like any given day in the voice chat, I'm talking to like a Brit, a Dane, and hmm. an Aussie, and then a bunch of Americans. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 24 hours because they're just on a different time schedule. So you could wake up at 2 a.m. and someone's streaming. Like, Listen, you yeah, guys. It could be. I yeah. regularly wake up at 3 a.m. lately, and oh, sometimes wow. just for the hour. comfort of my own sanity, I'll pop into the Discord, and usually I can catch somebody there. It's really great. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's cool. It's a little comfort food. Yeah. Well, thanks uh, for having so, me, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks of course. For I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you were able to carve out some time. <laughs> carve out some time to share my trauma with yes. you guys. <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to have an outlet, man. Sometimes Do you feel healed? A little bit. I also feel like I'm <laughs> contaminating reality. No, we need we need to know so we can join forces and fight back. That's true. We need it. Uh, so yes, guys. So again, if you need to find uh, past hosts, you can go to uh, MetalGearMondays.com. 
Um, I would say you can find me as Warren Minix anywhere. Uh, if you're gamer tags, if that's your thing, I'm Untaggable Gamer. And I do have a band, Spooky Forest. We have an album out on Spotify. Uh, thanks if you give it a listen. No big deal. We also have merch, new merch, as of at least a few weeks ago. So bit.ly slash MGM store. Outside of this being our, our last episode of, of October and the spooky month, I feel comfortable to say that I think it's time to let it rip, Jack. Dope. Dope. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down.